Across the Desk with Clement Magnatella on 702. On 702, Clement is not around today, so it's Tabo Sholemashaw in his stead. And uh, we would be looking at uh, school governing bodies because these are very important components of a school. It's like a government of a school of sorts. It's established in terms of the South African Schools Act and uh, uh, the the school governing bodies are mandated to set policies, rules, uh, and to some extent um, implement some of these. They they have to make sure that there's a financial policy in place and uh, they do recommend for an exemption when uh, uh, a parent cannot afford uh, to pay school fees and uh, the admissions policy as well. You remember that uh, that has been a bone of contention, even though things have changed uh, slightly. These bodies have a lot to deal with. And, and lately, they've also had to deal with issues of violence in the schools. Violence, we have seen a learner, a pupil uh, shooting at a principal. We've seen violence of huge proportions in our schools. We have seen bullying taking place. We have unfortunately also witnessed deaths of learners in schools. And of recent, we saw a principal being shot by a learner, a principal. And it was also reported that after that, when they went to investigate this matter closely and looked into the cell phone of that particular learner, Um, There was a hit list of teachers. The principal was just but one of uh, the senior staff members who were targeted by these learners. What do we do? What do we do as parents? And again, this is not exclusively um, uh, related to uh, government schools. Private schools as well experience uh, their own share of problems. But governing bodies, are you in a governing body? Do you attend meetings when uh, a meeting is called uh, at your school? Do you participate actively as a parent? And to what extent should parental involvement bring about safety, stability, and a culture of learning and progression in our schools? There was a study, which I will just Google in a short while, uh, some time ago, that showed that whenever parents are involved in their children's activities, uh, the children's uh, the children's improvement would uh, skyrocket to about 30%. Uh, performance of kids would uh, go and escalate to about 30%. By just having parents who are involved in uh, the day-to-day runnings of uh, their their, uh, their, their, li- their kids' lives at school. So, I, and once again, I have to mention, these kinds of discussions are not sweetheart discussions. They are not sexy. They are not fashionable. They are not mainstream because this is where we withdraw into our own cocoons and become defensive as parents. And because we know that we are guilty to some extent, myself included. We do not have sufficient time to look into the kids' books and uh, query this and that, call the teacher and uh, ask about a couple of things. So we become guilty. When our kids are involved in brawls, fights and altercations at school, we, we, don't, we don't want to be involved. We take a very defensive stance. We have seen this in the news in various schools including private schools, by the way, especially where a prominent individual take their children. They automatically withdraw 
and uh, they bring out the big guns, the lawyers, you'd be amazed that at a small hearing of Elena, they've called an SC, a senior counsel, to represent their child. And you're thinking, are we not supposed to be a different society? Are we not supposed to be working things out and speaking? And when your child is wrong, you're supposed to say, I have failed my child. My child has done wrong. I, I mean, I could be wrong. But I want to know from you as a parent, are you in a governing body? Do you participate? Do you know your roles and responsibilities as members of governing bodies? We've seen governing bodies taking uh, departments to court in the previous. Are you happy with how your governing body is performing? One of our guests who is already here, Junay Fanamerve, is joining us, who is Deputy CEO and Head of Legal uh, at the Federation of Governing Bodies for South Africa. Junay, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Good morning. Good morning, Tobin, and good morning to all of the listeners. It's a privilege to join you this morning. We are glad that you had made the time. One of our guests will join us momentarily. Uh, but in the meantime, you and I can kick it off, uh, especially with understanding first, Junaid, before we touch on other matters. What is, what is a governing body? What is the role of a governing body? Uh, for a parent who's listening to us right now, who's had their term being bended around a couple of times, what is a governing body? Tom, that's a good question. I'm glad you asked that question because we have school governing body elections coming up in March now. So it's mm. very important for, for parents to take note of that. Now, a, a school governing body basically consists of different components. It's made out of your parent component, your educator component, your non-educator component, and your learner component, of which your parents forms out the majority of, of those components. But basically, once they are elected, your school governing body is responsible for the governance of your specific school. Now, when we talk about governance, specifically relating to school safety, it's your school governing body that is responsible for the drafting of your school policies, uh, to evaluate what are the needs of your school, um, how do we best serve the interests of our learners in the school. So basically, all of the actions and all of the policies that's being drafted by a school governing body is directed to serve the best interests of the school. If I perhaps can use another example, mm. the, the role of the school governing body is, is equal to a board of directors of a company. Mm. Um, they're not necessarily involved in the day-to-day activities of the school, but they are the board that serves as the, uh, yeah, I don't want to call it a watchdog, but they, they prepare the policies and they ensure um, and, and have to keep a look out that those policies are indeed implemented in a school. Let's welcome our next guest, Matakanye Matakanye, who's the General Secretary of the National Association of School Bodies. Uh, Mr. Matakanye, thanks for your time. Welcome to 702. Good morning, Good morning, Joao. Let's. We'll, we'll try again. That line is not as clear as it ought to, but let's see. Perhaps it has improved. Uh, Mr. Matakanya, I, I would assume that given the diversity of South Africa, we equally have the varied components uh, and, or, and compositions of SGBs uh, in, uh, in our different schools. We have different quintiles of schools, quintile one to quintile four. Do we have governing bodies that are as different as the schools are? Thank you once again, Tavo. Uh, we don't have uh, different governing bodies. We have got 
one governing body that is regulated by the South African Schools Act. So there is no any other governing body that is regulated by any other act except uh, South African Schools Schools Act, Act number 84 of 1996, as amended. Yeah, maybe let me put it different. Whilst we, I'm, I'm quite aware that we are governed by one act as, as governing bodies and so on, but uh, the, the point that I'm trying to raise is that you have different quintiles, right? Meaning that you have different types of schools. Some are fee-paying schools and some are uh, they, they, they are, are non-fee-paying schools. Some schools are well-off and others are not. Some schools, are, especially in the former Model Cs, they've got proper infrastructure, they are well-run, and uh, in other uh, parts of the country, uh, you do have a difference in that way. Uh, they would be in lack of uh, resources. So the question that I was trying to raise is that given the disparities of our society, do we have governing bodies that somehow in functioning are different to others. Uh, maybe they don't meet as regular. Maybe in those governing, uh, governing bodies, the principal, uh, you know, uh, cracks the whip as opposed to the chair. Maybe in some governing bodies, you have problems of uh, procurement than in other schools. Now, it is true, Tabo, that uh, the governing bodies in Quintile 1, Quintile 2, Quintile 3, uh, the schools that are referred to as non-fee schools. Um, it is true that uh, we have serious problems, and the problems are socio, socio-economics. These schools, you find them in the township. These schools, you find them among the working class. These schools, among the poorest of the poor. These schools are in the rural, the deep rural. Now, school governing body is true that it's made up of teachers, uh, it's made up of learners in the high school, it's made up of parents, it's made up of support staff. Now, as I indicated the question of the socioeconomics, uh, in the township, here are the parents who are not working. Uh, at times, they even not... Now, I don't want to talk about the school, but they are not working. Their priority might not be governance in schools. Their priority might be, what is my children going to eat today? Uh, what is my children going to eat? So they don't have really time for that. But over and above that, so there are uh, individuals in the schools who take advantage of that situation. And they take the powers of the school governing bodies away from them. Mm, mm. And in some instances, they tackle the root for corruption. You will find that now uh, the district director is involved, the second manager is involved, the IDSO is involved, the principal in some instances is also involved. Uh, and they take the powers of the school governing bodies. And once the school governing body powers are being taken, then you must know that now there is corruption in the school. Second thing is that uh, uh, the department itself will go there and protect those officials instead of ensuring that now there is governance in that school. Whatever comes, whatever happens, there must be a governance in the school. And once there is no governance in schools, then I must tell you, no safety, no discipline, nothing. And the results drop. And in that instance, and you find that 
take Tabo. Once a teacher is attacked in the school, once a principal is attacked in school, go and check the governance of that school. Just, just go there and before you do any other thing, check the governance. And if the governance, there is no governance in the school, find out what is happening if there is no governance in the school because it cannot be where else there is the department, there is ideas or who goes to school every day, who must see to it that now there is governance in the school. So what happened? So I think, Tabo, you must really help us on that because the schools that are suffering the most, those are the non-fee schools. And and as I said, those non-fee, I have categorized them already, those schools. And you must know that now they are entrenched in poverty. Mm. Let, let, Junay, let's let's take a few steps back, if you will, uh, Junay. Just a, a couple of steps back. Let's talk about the composition of uh, the governing body. As you've outlined, you'd have the learners, you'd have the teacher, non-teaching staff, and so on. Um, how often do governing body meetings uh, come together? How often are they being held? And um, what is the structure of that uh, uh meeting uh, and and do they elect an executive structure amongst themselves uh, let's talk about the mechanics and then we are going to touch on issues that mr matagane has uh, alluded to in a second okay so um first of all perhaps i should just point out that each province have different regulations that provide uh, and prescripts how often school governing bodies should and must meet um, the rule of thumb is usually that those school governing bodies should meet at least once every term. And if special circumstances demand it, then also the school governing body can then also arrange an urgent special meeting to discuss those issues. And then also it must be remembered that school governing bodies alone cannot do all the work that needs to be mm-hmm. done in a school. So they would also uh, appoint committees. And to assist them in in their tasks. So a school would most probably, and I hope that every school will have a finance committee, a safety committee, a disciplinary committee, a risk and audit committee. So those are the different kinds of committees that should also meet on, on a regular basis and then report back to the school governing body because I've uh, referred to the fact that the school governing body plays an oversight function as to what is happening within the schools. So it is, it is recommended that school governing bodies meet, meet regularly. Um, once they are elected, it is prescribed that they should um, have their first meeting within the first month. And at that meeting, the school governing body should then also elect amongst themselves the chairperson, the chair, treasurer, and the secretary um, that will serve for that specific term. Yeah. So that's just more or less the mechanics of how the school governing body operates. And and uh, the governing body, as far as I understand it, please feel free to correct me there, Jeune, is a juristic body. It can uh, be, uh, it can litigate against, and it can be litigated against. Absolutely, Tabo, yes. The school is considered to be a juristic person and your school governing body serves as the arms and the legs and the eyes and the, and the ears of that specific body. So it's basically the school governing body that will conclude contracts on behalf of the school. And as you have rightly pointed out, it is so that the, that the school can be sued or the, the, the school can engage in a in litigation themselves. So they are definitely uh, a juristic person and they have all that right of the juristic person. 
and also all of the the obligations and the functions as is set out in the Schools Act. Uh, if I can can just highlight a few, school mm. governing body must must ensure that your school infrastructure is properly managed. The school governing body should look after the safety of the school. It is the school governing body that procures and and uh, concludes contract to, to procure. Um, and they also make appointments, they appoint staff at the school. So that's basically the body um, that, that acts on behalf of the school. And, and Tata Matagani, let's, let's talk about uh, the appointment of teachers. And I'm bringing you here deliberately uh, on the heels of what Junet has just mentioned about being a juristic person. The appointment of, te- well, at least the selection process, not the appointment, because finally I would assume uh, the director would have to make a, a recommendation, would have to make an appointment based on the recommendation. But uh, school, tell us about the role that the school governing body plays in appointment of staff the interviews and uh, as we have seen at times there would be uh, unions who are interfering with that process but before we even get to the unions interference let's talk about the powers that uh, school governing bodies uh, enjoy as far as uh, the selection process of the teachers and some staff hod's and, and deputy principal say 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 a little bit about that yeah, there are a number of processes, Cabo. One is that uh, the, 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 if there is a post in the school, then it will be published, then teachers will apply, uh, or principals will apply, or deputy principals will apply, then it goes to the department, then department will make what you call sifting, they sift all those things, and we hope they sift uh, people who do not have qualifications, people who do not have a, a record and all those, those who are had that record will not be referred to schools and all those and hope that that process. And then the second process, that envelope will be taken to the school and the school uh, will will select uh, based on the, 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 the those candidates that are brought by the department down to the schools. And then after that, then they will, in, in all those processes, uh, the the selection and then uh, they would invite unions unions must be there and then uh, interviews uh, the unions must be there but the, the school governing body will appoint a committee that will represent the school governing body in the interviews in all those processes then uh, in the uh, the interviews then uh, there will be the, the committee that is uh, appointed by the school governing bodies. Then uh, it will do the work. Uh, after they, they have done the work and completed the work, they will go back to the school governing bodies and report to the school governing bodies. Say, no, we have done the work and uh, uh, we have uh, scored people like this. Then uh, we have ranked them like this. Then they rank them from one up to three. And they, uh, they, then they, they, they will say, no, we are recommended. So if the school government is not happy, the manner in which uh, the committee has ranked the candidates, then the school government has the right to change the ranking. And uh, after that, if they agree with the committee that no, the ranking is correct, number one, number two, number three, then they recommend to the HOD that uh, there we are, our, this is our number one, this is our number two, this is our number three. And uh, then uh, 
the HOD will appoint based on the recommendation sure. that is made. But if the HOD feels the no, the ranking is wrong or uh, equity or whatever, then uh, then he must the, the HOD uh, will will talk to the school government to to read why particularly do we need this one as number one and all yeah. those things. But after that, then uh, then an appointment Sure. And I'm, I'm, I'm asking that deliberately to show the powers of the SGB in this instance, that they do have the power of uh, playing a role in selecting the staff uh, component in the school, particularly the teaching staff. Now, um, before we, uh, in a short while, we'll be taking the, 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 the news headlines, Mr. Matakanya, and uh, uh, together with you, uh, Ms. Van Merve, but we will be chatting about, but I want us before that to speak briefly about the, uh, the powers of the school governing body as far as language policies concerned. Because that's also another heated. We'll touch on the fees, but firstly, let's touch on the language policy. We have seen in the news a bit of friction between the government, the departments, provincial departments, and the schools, uh, and saying that these schools will now be using these languages. Have those powers been uh, removed from our governing bodies and uh, are now with the government, uh, Jeanne? Uh, thank you very much. Yes, uh, well, first of all, the Schools Act uh, de- determines and prescribes that it is the school governing body that determines the school's language policy. Um, and we have some case law that has uh, we've seen developed over the years now, and one of the pertinent cases that is relevant when we look at the development of a, of a language policy is, uh, is a case where the court specifically stated that it, when the school governing body determines the school's language policy, it must consider and look at the serving of the needs of the community within which it is vested. So, for instance, if you are in a community that is mainly English-speaking or Sutta-speaking, you, you have to realize that you have the obligation to serve that specific community. So, you know, if you, 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 your school is situated in a Sutta community, you will most probably offer the language of learning and teaching as Sesutu within your school. So that obligation vests with the school governing body and they have the obligation to consider the needs of the community within which they are vested when they determine that, that language policy. It's exactly half past ten. Walking the talk. This is 702. 702. Walking the talk indeed and the kind of talk that we are walking today is that of parental involvement in the life of a school. Safety, finances, language, policy and all other important and intrinsic matters of the school. To what extent do you participate in your school governing body as a parent or do you just complain and complain but uh, when the time comes uh, to serve you stay at the background. Uh, The school governing body elections are coming up. Are you standing and raising your hand to say as a parent I am available and I'd like to be elected to uh, work and and, and serve on that body. My guest Joanne Van Amerve who is the Deputy CEO and Head of Legal at the Federation of Governing Bodies of South African Schools and uh, Matakanya Matakanya, General Secretary of the National Association of Governing Bodies. Uh, please feel free to send your text messages and your voice notes to 072-702-1702. 072-702-1702. It could be that you've got a question about an SGB-related uh, matter 
and uh, you don't know really where to go and uh, how to approach your principal, your chairperson, and uh, you've got an issue with your school and uh, you want the SGB to help, uh, feel free to ask any question related uh, to that matter. Um, speaking of text messages, this one says, great topic, keep in mind that one of the amendments in the current hotly contested Bella bill, uh, which is 52 proposed amendments, is to strip SGBs of their function, influence and power. Include the Bella bill in the conversation. Thank you, uh, Marilyn. We will certainly do that. We're warming up uh, and getting the basics out of the way. We will delve into those uh, critical issues in a second. And uh, this one says, the problem with governing bodies is that member parents want to become service providers to schools and want to be paid for sitting in governing body meetings. Governing bodies used as a stepping stone for people wanting to occupy political office. Uh, and if you'd like to send a voice note, you are most welcome to do so. 072-702-1702. Jeanne, the Bella Bill, I, and I'll bring in Matakanya Matakanya in, in a short while. The Bella Bill, uh, and uh, Marilyn is arguing strongly here that it is actually meant to dilute the powers and influence of the school governing bodies. Is that your take as uh, the Federation of School Governing Bodies? Well, um, the, specifically relating to to the language and admissions policy prescripts, we are worried about those proposed amendments. Uh, the reason why we say so is because it actually limits and it is starting to take away the functions of the school governing body. Now, when we look at the governance of schools, we know that there is a three-tier relationship and there are three role players. When we look at the governance of schools, it's the National Department of Education, the Provincial Department of Education, and the school governing body. Now, the school governing body is the body that is close, the most closest to, to their own community. They in the best position to determine and establish what the relationship uh, and what the needs of the communities are. And with this proposed amendment, the, the, oh, the state is actually moving away from our democratic system of governance in our schools and we're moving more towards an authoritarian system where this, the powers of the governing bodies is now being limited through that proposed amendment. So just to share my thoughts on, on that specific mm. two clauses in the ballot bill. Mr. Matakanye, is that your view as well? Taking away the powers of uh, the, the school governing bodies? Tabo? Uh, uh, yeah. um, oh. No, go ahead, sir. Go ahead, sir. Okay. Tabo, then let's look at the spirit. I think we, we, we rather than the, to go to uh, the, the, the content, but let's go, get into the spirit. And the spirit is informed by the past, uh, the past that we come from. We come from the past where schools were uh, called names. And the schools were called names. Uh, it will be called uh, the, 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 the Zulu the school, the, the, the vendor school, the Chagan school, the African school, the English schools, the Watwat schools, and all those. But this constitution, does not want to call schools anymore about that past. It says schools are public. public. Each and every school is just equal to any school. Now, let's, let me give you an example, Tabo. A school is situated in Fuerhorte. 
Yes. Uh, now, that school, as Johanny said, that school is patronized by children from the township. Tendisa is there, Soweto is there, Katehong is there, and 99% of that school is made up of uh, those children. Now, whose language is that? Because these children are not from uh, Fuer Tracker World School. They are from Katehong. And so, which language uh, are you referring to that now this language must be? So, perhaps it is in that light that Department of Education must regulate in that instance. They must regulate it because uh, there will be a fight there because Zulus may be majority there, Africans may be majority there, then what, and all those things. They will fight instead of now schooling. But now, we are saying, let's look at the spirit. People should not just talk. We should look at the spirit, and the spirit is informed by the past that sure. we come from. They were divided according to color. Sure. They were divided according to the language and all those and, things. And fair, so we want to make South Africa one now. I we don't want any one of those things. But fair as that may be, um, the parents in that particular community may even argue and say to you, um, our children also go to that school. They are from this area and uh, predominantly in this area, the language that is, spe- that is spoken is Sesotho. But now we have Afrikaans children in the Sesotho speaking community. Uh, they are being bused into this community. And uh, why is it that? Uh, that now uh, they came here knowing very well that this is a Sosotu speaking school. But now that they are here, they want to change that. How would you respond to that? Because, and I'm raising this, it, it sounds like it's frivolous, but you would know far better than me that these are the uh, discussions that are taking place. No, no, it's true. Then what, 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 what is community? The school is a community. This, as much as well, the school is situated in a community, but the school itself is a community. And I think you asked a very prevalent question earlier on, Section 15, uh, the school being a juristic person. Now, it does not say a, a community is a juristic person. It says a school is a juristic person. So a school itself is community. Those teachers, those parents whose children are in that school, it's a community on its own. So we must take it from, but now let's look, let's not look at it from the previous. You know, this, I mean, I mean, this school's, uh, uh, they are situated in a separate development areas, apartheid special, uh, 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 planning. And, and we should not, don't, don't re, we should not be reminded of those areas because the truth of the, I made mention of the four tracker world school. I mean, if you, you, you know that that's where Tracker World School came about uh, by separate development. Sure. But Mr. Matakani, my question remains. Someone says, when Tabo brought their child to the school, he knew very well that this was an Afrikaans medium school. But Tabo doesn't. No, yeah, because of the community at the time and the governing body determined otherwise, right? And so they determined that it's an Afrikaans medium school. And again, I'm saying this because these are the discussions that are taking place at that level. So it's an Afrikaans uh, uh, speaking school. It's an Afrikaans medium school for what? For whatever reason, it is an Afrikaans. But I take my child there and I go there and tell the principal, no, I want my child to also learn. Sepedi and Sesotho, 
Why is it only Afrikaans? However, going there, I knew quite well. Is there merit to say I should have done my homework to understand better the composition of the school and say, no, this is not a fit for my child? Yeah, Tabo. I think I've already explained. <laughs> no, but but you know, I I, I yeah. want you. These are the, these are discussions. Am I lying, Mister yeah, Matagat? Yeah. No, no, no. These no, are the discussions you are, when you, you attend I'm, those. I'm happy. Yeah. And, and I'm happy that we are, we are on this uh, platform that we are clarifying because people still want to take us to the South Africa that belonged to nine, the prior 1994. But nine, prior after 1994, South Africa changed. Then people must also change. You understand. Okay. I'm going to give you a chance after the break. I am pressed to take a break. But after this, Jeanne, I'm also going to give you an opportunity because I can see that you're also heated. You want to jump in. 011-883-0702. Let's walk the talk. 702. 011-883-0702. Alternatively, 072-702-1702. Hey, Tabo. Just a quick one. Private schools. Are they allowing or are they allowed to have uh, your SGBs? Because a school that I was involved in, they didn't have one, but they had some pseudo called a, a PTA, you know, Parents <laughs> Teacher Association, which really was like maybe a smokescreen for not having in an SGB. So, yeah. Yeah. I'd just like to know that. Morning, Tabo. I'm calling from the Northwest area. I'm elected uh, one of the SGBs in my local school. It's a high school. Um, I overheard that in the workshops that they elected the SGBs, they, the people that are in charge of the SGBs, they give induction to the new elected members, but um, I've noticed that ever since I was elected in the school, I was never given the induction to which I don't even know my roles has been chosen into that uh, membership of the SGB. So mm. I would like to know if when do they conduct the, the training and the induction for each person to resume their roles in sure. playing their roles in that in that. Uh, um, governing body of uh, the school important question very important question induction so that you know your responsibilities as a member of uh, the sgb joanne before you touch on the issues that you'd like to raise do you want to please uh speak on those two questions one was about how compelled are private schools to have sgb structures in in their field yeah, well, first of all, when we look at independent schools, they structures that are also juristic persons, um, but the difference between independent schools and, and uh, public schools is uh, public schools, um, they are established through statute, um, the South Africa Schools Act, and the Schools Act prescribes that the public schools must have a school government body. But an independent schools, usually, and most of those in, independent Schools are established by incorporation, meaning that they either function uh, from out a, a company or a non-profit mm-hmm. organization, something like that. So basically, uh, that in, 
incorporation document or the constitution of an independent school will uh, provide for the governance structure of that school. So they will most likely also have governance structures, but they are not like public schools with a statutory prescribed sure. governing body that must serve the school. Very interesting. Very. So they are not compelled as such because they are governed by two, two different acts. Matakanye, let's talk about uh, the second question, induction. Parents being prepared, knowing what their roles are in the SGB. Yeah, you see, Section 19 allows the department to do that role. It also allows us as association to do that role. However, when the school governing bodies are elected, like for instance, they are going to be elected, I mean, elected on the 1st of March. They don't know association. What they know is the department because their children are taken care by the Department of Education. So department must give them those training and tell them that the extra uh, training, you will find it from the association of your choice. They are associations. Then join the association of your, your choice. Then from there, then as associations, then we will also train them. Now, if this uh, member of governing body has been elected 2021 to, and his term of, of office ending on the, 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 the 31st of March. Now, but he has never been trained. Now, this person does not know the school governing body. This person only knows the Department of Education. So you see the, the Department of Education, they're failing us in, in doing that. Sure. They must, they have put the responsibility to ensure that they train the school governing bodies. Sure. Uh, Jeanne, let's, uh, I know that I have been postponing your views on this thing, uh, on, on the issue that we uh, touched on a little bit earlier with Matakanya, especially the language policy, religious policy. And my mere argument was that I, for using my personal example, there's a school close by and it's strongly Christian in ethos. And I don't want to take my children there because uh, for whatever reason, right or wrong, for whatever reason. So I take them elsewhere further. Um, then would it be fair for me to go there and say, listen, I'm opposed to your strong religious ethos in the school. It's, I don't think that it prepares my child well. I don't want my child to be a fundamentalist uh, when, they grow up, uh, when, when he grows up. I want him to be a well-rounded uh, individual and not believe in that one religion is above the other. Uh, is, is it within my rights to determine that? whilst knowingly I took my child to a strongly uh, religious school? Yes, well, I think first of all, it must be remembered that every parent has the right to enroll their school in, that, in a school of their own choice or of their choosing, um, either in what language they'd like their child to be educated, the type of ethos they want, want their child to be, be brought up with. So every parent do have that choice. However, um, even though we know that is a right of every parent, we know that school choice is not as a big reality in South Africa. And there's a reason why I say that. And, and I want to give you a few examples. For instance, in Gauteng, we know that this, the government is struggling to build new schools. So we know that we have, uh, we don't have sufficient schools in that specific province. And 
Um, another another point I'd like to point out is we know that there is a lot of schools that is currently dysfunctional. Um, so we cannot, um, I mean, it, it's for every parent would obviously want their child to, to receive the best education that they can receive. And that's why we're starting to see that schools and parents are, are flowing to the, the well-functioning schools and they're becoming under pressure. And when we talk about the ballable, um, the proposed amendments that the department want to bring in wanting to force schools to change their language policy is not going to solve the bigger problem we have in South Africa. And that's the fact that we don't have quality education at every school in our country. Um, leaving the parents with no choice but to flow to, to the well-functioning schools. Sure. So that's the bigger picture, the bigger perspective that we're currently sitting with in South Africa. Mr. Matakanya, the question that came through from Edith, it says, who takes care of cleanliness of the school? Does the SGB have any say about the general assistance? Yes, yes. That's the, 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 when they, when, when, when they, you know, the, the school governing body uh, has tried to pass the budget. Mm. But wh- how they pass the budget is they call uh, what you call a, a, a AGM, a yes. annual general meetings of yes. parents. Yes. Then they come there, they pass that. And the, if the money that is received from the department uh, is, is less, than when they budget that because they have to budget for cleanliness in the school they cannot just uh, do that they must budget for cleanliness in the school maintenance and all those things they must budget for that so they must make sure that uh, there is a because when the department doesn't have money then that money is, is categorized into three then uh, it's uh, lts it's maintenance sure. and then it's a uh, it's a uh, services yes so when 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 they maintain the school then they find that there's less money. Yes, they must talk to the parents or they must go out and raise funds. Then make sure that now the school is properly maintained. Mr. Matakanya Makatakanya, thank you so much for your time. And Joanne, really appreciate it. Unfortunately, we are flat out of time. And I see some complaints as well on, uh, the, on, on our WhatsApp group. We will revisit. We can't touch on everything. Every, we will revisit uh, the topic, I'm sure, some other time. Really appreciate your time. Joanne Fanemeve, uh, Deputy CEO and Head of Legal uh, at uh, Federation of Governing Bodies for South African Schools. Matakanya Matakanya, General Secretary of National Association of governing bodies.